Hello, and welcome to episode three of Nobody Asked for This, a Diet Culture Takedown. Megan, I need you to tell me your favorite smell of summer. Ooh, I love this question. Um, the first one is chlorine because oh. the pool. I love the pool. Yes. So that smell is just like, yay. Uh-huh. And then the second one is kind of hard to explain. So I've spent a lot of times in summer um, in what's called the low country, which is like around South Carolina, Georgia, that area. Uh-huh. And on that drive, there's a certain point when you roll down your windows that you start to smell the ocean and pine needles. And that smell for me is just like happiness. Yeah. If I'm down in the low country this summer, I'm going to have to roll my windows down and see if I can smell it. Yes, please do. Kendra. Yeah. What are your favorite summer smells? Well, I love a good smell of a sugary lemonade in the summer. Mm, (laughs) So yum. But probably my favorite smell is sunscreen. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just any of them really. Um, Yeah. Because usually if I'm smelling sunscreen, it means I am by some body of water. Yeah. Which if I could be a mermaid, I would be a mermaid. So Same. (laughs) I thought I was when I was younger. Yeah, didn't we all? I mean, yeah, you know? yeah, big, big water baby. Yes. Um, I one time uh, was dying to jump off of a diving board when I was five and yeah. into like a 14 foot pool. Whoa. And my, we were leaving and my mom turned around, <laughs> realized I wasn't following her out the gate and saw me standing on the end, getting ready to jump and freaked out. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. But they wouldn't let me. They don't want you to like walk backwards. So one of the right. lifeguards had to get in. Whole time I'm thinking, I can swim. Just let me jump off the diving board. <laughs> let me free. Let me go. Let me go. But yes, I love the smell of sunscreen. Um, I have probably eight swimsuits that I've got to be showing off this summer. Yes. So I'll be spending a lot of time by the pool. I love it. Yeah. I love summer. Mm-hmm. I also love this episode. Yeah. Where we interview Sarah Jane Chapman, who teaches yoga and is a massage therapist here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And she has type 1 diabetes. So we learned so much from her about how those, all those things intersect. And I think you'll enjoy it too. So thanks for listening. We want to provide a trigger warning for this episode. In the upcoming interview, our guest names eating disorders as well as eating disorder behaviors, and she also names specific diets. So if any of that is triggering to you, just go ahead and skip over the interview section. Thanks. And we want to be clear that neither Megan nor I are qualified to give any medical or mental health advice. This podcast is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. You're listening to Shut the Fuck Up, the segment in our podcast where we point out diet culture in pop culture. Megan, what are we talking about today? Well, Kendra, 
today's Shut the Fuck Up has a theme song. Are you ready? Okay. I'm so ready. I'll be there for you, but I'll be fat phobic too. <laughs> for the extended version of that rewritten theme song, check out the extras at the end of our episode. <laughs> the director's cut. <laughs> the director's cut. So, if you didn't recognize that, we're going to be talking about the show Friends. Which was like everything when I was in high school. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it ended the year that we I graduated high school, so we had a very strong kinship to it. We felt yes. very connected to the show. Totally. Did you, like in your friend group, did you pick out who was what character? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Who were yeah, you? Yeah. Tell Why me don't you just take a wild guess which one of the three women of that show you think I was? <laughs> Were you Phoebe? <laughs> of course I was Phoebe. My friends told me I was Phoebe too. Oh, no we're, wonder we're friends. I know, we're weirdos. The question is, which one of us is actually Ursula and which one of us is Phoebe? <laughs> mm. Well, that's a deep cut. You really do know your friends. Oh, let me tell you. So, watching Friends in 2019 is kind of like upsetting. <laughs> Uh, a lot of it would not fly today, but we're going to just address the fat phobia today. Yeah. Just part of the fat phobia. Just, just, just a little part of it. Little part of it. Uh, in fact, uh, specifically we're talking about season five, episode eight. So the whole gang is sitting on the couch watching a home video and the home video is of Thanksgiving when they were all in high school. So this is the first time that... Chandler um, meets Monica because Chandler and Ross are friends in college. They come home for Thanksgiving. Chandler meets Monica. So first of all, you start watching the home video and there's Monica and Monica is in a fat suit. And immediately after we see her, a laugh track plays. Mm. Yeah. Um, So they all meet and then later Ross and Chandler alone And Ross tells Chandler that he plans on going out and says, you can hang out here with Monica. And Chandler says, I don't want to be stuck here all night with your fat sister. Laugh track again. Laugh track, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Later on in the episode, Monica's mom says, Monica, why don't you finish off these pies? I don't have any room in the fridge. Um, that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that Monica's mom impression is stellar. And just, wow, 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 wow. I've got it. It's one of my uh, ready-to-go audition pieces for SNL when mm. they give me the call. Oh, I'm so <laughs> glad you have that prepared. What a timely <laughs> excerpt. <laughs> so we go back to them sitting on the couch after they're watching it. Monica is clearly upset. And Chandler says... Well, it should be noted at this point, they're together, right? I don't know. I think, I think, I think so. At this point in the I season, think they're dating. They're yeah. dating. Yeah, yeah. I called you fat? I don't even remember that. I'm so sorry. I really am. Mm-hmm. That's a terrible Chandler. He's not in my wheelhouse. That's okay. That's all right. So they're watching another I, – It's un, I don't remember if they're watching another video or if this is just a flashback, but it's to the Thanksgiving one year after – the Thanksgiving that they watched. So they're still, uh, Monica and Rachel are still in high school. Uh, but Monica has lost a lot of weight. And so we see Chandler just really eyeing her up and down clearly into her body. 
Um, Monica notices this, and later she says to Rachel, I didn't work this hard and lose all the weight just so I could give my flower to someone like him. Mm. Your Monica could you could use a little work as well. That's right. That's right. I really <laughs> but only Monica's have the mom, mom. I mean, Monica's mom's so really good. the only one in my wheelhouse. Yes. So that's the material that we're going to be dissecting today. Let's go back to the fact that there was a fat suit and a laugh track. And a laugh track. Immediately following the fat suit. Yeah. So her fat body was the punchline of a joke. And that's tough because, I don't know, I don't ever want my body to be the punchline of a joke. Right, right. It doesn't feel good. No. Um, And also just fat suits in general, let's not. I don't know that I've ever seen them used in a way that isn't about, like, this is your now your one and only story. It's yes. It's like yeah. how you overcome being mm-hmm. fat. Which oh, is so that's a great point. It's usually like a makeover story. Right. And right. you're lovable at the end after right. you're out of the fat suit. Not before. Yeah. yeah. Right. The other thing is um, Chandler – when Chandler says, I don't want to be stuck here all night with your fat sister – why did he need to say fat? It's like that seems to imply that being with fat people isn't fun. Like that's why he didn't want to hang out with her because she's fat, which is like, all right. I didn't know that fat had anything to do with personality. And also it would have actually made more sense, you know, if I'm a writer in that writer's room for mm-hmm. them to say – for him to say your little sister because that's like a normal reaction. Like the annoying little sister. You wouldn't sister. want to go home and hang out with your best friend's little sister, you know. Right, right. Yep, agree. Uh, then her mom tells her, why don't you just finish off these pies? It's not one pie. It's these pies. It's all the pies from Thanksgiving. Is yeah. it's yep, yep, yep. And it's just like fat people are not garbage cans. Just because like let's look at this through an intuitive eating lens. So that's kind of like, listen, because of your fat body and the way that it's already so big – you don't get to listen to your body and say, no, you have to, you have to eat all of this. Right, right. So it's the body as an object, as, as a waste can, and it's also negating any sort of agency over the body, right? Right. And when her mom says that to her, there are actually other people in the kitchen. Right. So it's really so shaming. It's not, like, it's not like Monica's the only one in the kitchen to offer the pie to. She could have offered it to anyone. Does anybody... Anybody want a little more to eat? Yeah. yeah. And we're not yeah. discussing other episodes, but you, anytime we see Fat Monica in an episode, she's like eating Twix or she's very concerned about food, like obsessed with food and when she's going to mm-hmm. eat. Yeah. Ooh. So let's go. I'm going to, I'm about to really get up on a soapbox here. <laughs> okay. When, when Chandler back in real time apologizes for calling her fat, he is apologizing for pointing out her size. He is not apologizing for not wanting to hang out with her because of his assumptions about her personality because she's fat. He's not wanting, it's not anything about that. It's about, I'm sorry that I called attention to your size because your size is inherently bad. So here's my soapbox. Let's stop using fat as a bad word. It is Mm -hmm. a description. It's only a description. It's the same as tall or short. We are the ones who have assigned a judgment to it. 
But words like overweight or obesity, those are medicalized terms that are, have a judgment inherent in the word itself. But just like the fact that he's like, you know, people often, oh my God, they call me fat. Like, well, that's a descriptor. Um, it's not, it's not an insult because it's not an insult to be fat. Right. That's right. (gasps) I could talk about this a long time. Anyway. I like soapbox, Megan. Oh, she gets feisty. She was feisty on Instagram today, <laughs> let me tell you. Then we see Monica in a thin body, and clearly Chandler is more attracted to thin body Monica, which is mm-hmm. tough to watch. And also, it seems like he's really sexualizing her. Also, mm-hmm. tough to watch. Um, and then she also would he would he have even apologized if they weren't together? No, I mean like you know, there's a whole thing yeah. there. But anyway. yes, yes, totally. Um, Monica says you, I'm sorry. She says, um, what does she say? Kendra (laughs) doesn't want to give him her flower. Yeah. So it's kind of like this assumption that until you're thin, you don't have sex (laughs) or sex isn't for fat people. (laughs) Yeah. You're not a sexual person. You can't be sexual unless you're thin. No. Mm -mm. Um, and you can't be attracted to someone who isn't thin. Like you can't have sexual feelings towards someone who isn't thin. Yes. So to that, we say, shut the fuck fuck up. This episode is brought to you by Body Glide, the anti-chafing stick. Ice from Sonic. Jamila Jamil's takedown of flat tummy tea. And our favorite Lizzo song, Juice. If I'm shining, everybody gonna shine. Sarah Jane. What an exciting time it has already been oh getting to know you. <laughs> um, we Yeah, here we are. Um, so we want to hear, if you're willing to talk about your body timeline, Yeah. kind of what your experience has been around food, around mm-hmm. understanding your body. And yeah. Yeah, hear about that. Yeah. So um, it's so funny. I w- I've been doing a lot of work internally about like giving like love and support to my like child yeah you know and I feel like one of my first memories of it wasn't even like I thought my body wasn't okay it was more wondering if my body was okay yeah where I remember I was about six or seven and I looked down at my legs and I was like is this okay Mm. was my first thought and then I mean all moms are doing their best right absolutely all moms are doing the best but I know a lot of that did come from my mom always complaining about her legs yeah. and then being like, if those are bad, are mine like that and are mine then bad? Yes. Right? So like having that process of being like, what is, what's up with that? Yeah. And then um, I was an early uh, puberty experiencer. Okay. Which was fun. Um, <laughs> was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, I... Uh, I was, I was, I remember I was probably on like 11 when I got my period. Oof. <sighs> Oof. A little angel. I mean, it was just, and my body obviously started to change. Yeah. As it does. Right. And I was getting, um, some, uh, attention 
from older boys that made me very uncomfortable in my body. Mm. So then I didn't really feel safe in my body. Like, mm. oh, they're talking about it. Is, is this good? Is this bad? Right. So all those kinds of things. And then um, throughout the rest of middle school, um, like I remember just uh, all these like very random memories of like um, they they weighed us in gym class, which is like I remember that. Oh God, I, yes. The F word on yeah. Me? What the fuck? What the what fuck? The what fuck? the fuck? And so I remember, and I, I'm not going to say any numbers, but I remember my friends coming at me like, I weigh this much. And then I'm like, I weigh more than, like significantly more than that. And this is around the same time that I got my period. And so I'm like, is that okay? Yeah. You know, and then just like having all those feelings about it being like, well, they are this much and I'm that much and mm-hmm. da, da, da. And then going uh, shopping with my friends and they're this size and I'm that size and you know so all these things like so all this like comparison of being yes. like I'm not okay yeah basically um and then it kind of came to like a head when I was maybe about a couple years later that was like maybe 12 or 13 and my mom said, said, well, I'm on Weight Watchers. Do you want to be on Weight Watchers with me? <laughs> and just kind of explained how it worked. And I was like, yeah. And um, I mean, this is like, these are the, the 90s yeah. diets where the goal is to be a thinner person. Yes. Is the goal. Right. So that was, that was the goal. And, um, you know, trying to get the least amount, like, work with the least amount of points that I could and mm-hmm. became obsessive around that stuff. Um, and then that kind of spiraled. And then I stopped doing like Weight Watchers specific, but it just kind of transferred that um, obsession onto calories. Yeah. Obsessed about that. At this point, I'm starting to lose weight. At this point, I'm starting to like get some attention. And um, then also at this point, my mom and I start doing yoga in the morning. So she had this like recorded, that was about 14, 13, 14. Um, we had this like recorded um, on the oxygen channel. <laughs> I love it. Actually, I found it. My husband and I still do it. We um, oh, that's so shout cute. Out, shout out to Inhale with Steve Ross. <laughs> love him. He plays like Motown music. Oh, nice. It's like yeah. so. It's very early two thousands. Everyone's wearing pastels <laughs> and has like butterfly clips in their hair. I mean, it's yes. beautiful. Yes. But so we would do that and. In the, in that forty-five minute class, because I mean it's like supposed to be an hour, but with minus commercial breaks, um, <laughs> in that forty-five minutes of movement, that was like the only forty-five minutes I felt okay in my body. Mm. And so I was like trying to do this thing, but then I was like, okay, then I feel okay. But then that wouldn't really, you know, generalize to right. the rest of your life. Exactly. So continued down that not so great path of then that kind of it just kind of escalated from there. I feel like I feel like Weight Watchers is like the the gateway diet, you know, <laughs> because then that kind of turned into more like severe eating disorder, bulimia, exercise bulimia, which for if people don't know, yes. that's when you um, you binge and then you like over exercise to the point of like being sick. So it's like it's so it's bulimic in the way that you're. Right. Spelling. I want to come back to something yes. you just said about yes. you were in that in that disorder, you were yes. losing the weight and you were getting compliments oh, yeah. for it. And it's yes. like I just we need to make the point like you have no idea why people, people look the way they through. look. Yes. You have no idea. Yes. Do not compliment someone on weight loss. Yeah. Do not compliment do not talk about people's bodies. Just don't. Period. Right. Just don't. That's period. Right. That's if right. you love to compliment someone, your hair looks beautiful today. Uh-huh. Look at that dress. You look da, da, so da, da, da. happy. You look so happy. You're kind. Yes. <laughs> right? Like, also, it doesn't have to compliment people on their looks. Like, right. This is like, I, like 
do not compliment people. Do not talk about even also like and I feel like I keep talking about how I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. It's a big thing in your life. Talk, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. People talk about the size of my my baby bump all the time. Oh, it's so small. Oh, oh, it's oh, it's big. Like everyone has their own opinion. I'm also wow. just like none of your fucking business. Nope. So that was about senior year, and then we I graduate, and um, so all throughout this time, I'm kind of on and off practicing yoga, and again. Um, only time I feel okay in my body. And I will say that was also like another form of my exercise. Right. So it's like, right. and that's mm. the, the tricky thing too, with where yoga is in our culture is that it's like, it's a double-edged sword mm. because a lot of folks come into it in a way that like, I'm going to have a quote unquote yoga body, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. Yes. And I'm going to start, you know, taking this very, um, uh, athletic class, very mm-hmm. powerful class, and and I want to, and then then we get started about hot yoga. It's like I'm gonna quote unquote detox, which is also that's just not a thing that happens. It's not. <laughs> you're just dehydrating yourself. I'm sorry. Right, right. You're just you're sweating. You're just getting dehydrated, and it's just but and that's a whole other thing. So then very political right now but um <laughs> I mean just speak on it yeah so like so a lot of folks come into it with that intention of like oh this is a way that I can work out right, right. okay cool but what ends and, and part of me is almost like that's actually like it's sad and it's also okay because then they get in the yoga yoga wins mm-hmm. in the end mm-hmm. if you keep doing it yoga will win hopefully in the way that you're like oh something else is happening I'm having yeah. to be aware of my body okay what's that like right and so it's like and so it, it like kind of peels back the layers so totally a lot of folks I always talk about um when I teach any sort of like modules and teacher trainings or when I'm like teaching history of yoga um, the, the more popular styles that we have now are kind of based off of this one style called Ashtanga yoga, which mm-hmm. means eight limbs, right? And so a lot of it, the imagery is usually like a tree. So if you can imagine like a tree and then there's eight like different branches, one of those branches is asana, which means the postures, right? So it's only one eighth of what the experience is, oh. but I see it more like streams into the same river. Mm. So other branches are like one's called pranayama, which means breathing technique. Mm-hmm. Um, one is called um, pratyahara, which is like re- removal of the senses, which is like when you close your eyes and you become more aware of your inner state. Um, are there I, poses within that? At all, or no, no. Oh no. wow, it's just breathing, pretty much. Yep. Because they're all connected. They're, they're all connected, connected to the they're pose. All, they're all right? connected to Got the it. tree. Yes. Yes. Got it. Another one is um, uh, Dharna, which is like concentration, right? So most of them are actually based off of meditation practices. Cool. And only one of those is about movement. Mm. So only one-eighth of yoga is about movement, yeah. right? But that's kind of what we capitalize on in the States is because yeah. it's more flashy and it makes a prettier Instagram post, uh-huh. right? Than just like sitting there with your eyes <laughs> right? Not, I mean, whatever, it's pretty, but it's, yeah. you know, it's not as... Fancy is like a handstand or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like it, the imagery is usually a tree where it's like all these all are connected. And they're like different limbs of the tree. I like to see it as streams into the same river. So sometimes people go in, most people in the West go in the asana route. So they're coming in through the asana stream, but then it brings them into the same river. So mm. then they'll have all of those other components in there once they get in. So I was about 20. It was like the summer before I turned 21. And... Um, I started losing a bunch of weight randomly. Mm. So I was doing all the things that I always been I was always doing. Yeah, lost started losing a bunch of weight. And in a way I was like, oh, this is cool. Right. 
Um, and I felt like shit. <laughs> it was like all of yeah. those things at the same time. Right. And then I like dropped out of school because I was starting to get, I was getting really tired. I was working in a coffee shop and I remembered my shift was like 6am to like two or three in the afternoon. And then I'd come home and I would like sleep for like six or seven hours. Like I take this really long nap, get up, go out drinking with my friends, come back, do it again. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was like sleeping a lot, but my, my sleep schedule was off. I had this chronic yeast infection mm. that started happening and I was trying all these like natural remedies, <laughs> yeah. um, garlic, you know, all the acidophilus, all the fun things. This is like, you know, this is 2010. So this is like internet's happening, but it's not where it is today. Right. So I remember I went to this like it was like earthmedicine.net or something like that. It was like a sketchy ass website. Right. But like you would type in your symptoms and then it would give you like natural remedies, right. like Quote, things yeah. to do. And I was just like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Right. And so I was like doing that. And then I like changed all my food. It's so funny because I think now that I'm looking back at this, this is probably also correlating with around the time in our culture that like healthism was starting to kind of like yeah. bubble up Yeah. because I was like, well, I'm just going to start eating really quote unquote healthy. Clean. Or, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Clean wasn't, I don't think, I don't, it, was, it wasn't thing. in my it hadn't made it. It hadn't made it from the West coast. Right. 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 Yes. <laughs> it was probably very big in California at the time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't in my frame of reference right but I was trying to be like healthy so I was like oh I was I was shopping at this like food co-op and I was eating like this like seeded bread and yes. like natural peanut butter like right so like like no processed foods like mm-hmm. all of that stuff um which is funny because when I found out what was wrong with me those things had a lot of things that were probably making me sick anyway yeah. but yeah so finally this is about six months after the fact so I'm about 21 and I had this, again, this yeast infection kept coming back. So that was kind of the main symptom that was really bothering me. Right. I knew I felt like shit. I knew I was tired. I knew like all these other things were going on, but that was kind of the main thing that was like really annoying. So I finally went to Planned Parenthood because at the time I, mean, I was working at a coffee shop, was making like... You didn't have health, yeah. Right. I did not have health insurance. This is like pre-ACA and I was probably making, I don't even know, $200 a week or something. Right. I was making $0 a week, yeah. whatever. So I went and... Um, I remember this is so crazy. I would, they basically, they, so they always test everyone, give everyone a, uh, pregnancy test. So they had me pee mm-hmm. and then, um, they're like, okay, what brings you in? I'm like, I have the serious infection. I've like tried all the over the counter stuff, which are all these other things. Like I need something stronger. And they're like, okay. And then they're like, so are you losing a lot of weight recently? And I was like, yeah. And I remember, like, I had, like, a smile on my face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, thanks for yeah, noticing. Yeah, yeah, thanks for noticing. Like, they fucking You've never seen yeah, 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 before, right. but thanks for noticing. <laughs> you and just knew I was a person yeah, 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 who lost yeah. weight. Yeah. You could just tell by my glow. You can tell my, my inner oh, thin yeah. person is finally oh, emerged. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> by, by how healthy I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So anyway. she's like, have you lost a lot of weight recently? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, are you tired all the time? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, are you thirsty all the time? And I'm like, yeah. What? Yeah. And she's like, I think you have diabetes. And I just like burst into tears. Yeah. And this is my own fat phobia, my own stuff that was going on. Sure. But I was like, I don't understand. I'm so healthy. Thinking that yeah. diabetes means type that 2. That you had caused it. Caused it. And, and, and yes. Sarah Jane, can you cause type 1 you diabetes? You cannot. Can you cause type 2 diabetes? No. These are all genetic no. things, right? So 
So that's the whole thing. Yes. But that was my of course perception Just of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like now knowing what I know, I feel so much like sadness about it. Yeah. You know. But so I was like, I don't understand. I'm so healthy. Da da da. Which also like I wasn't. <laughs> like like let's be real. My cigarettes. And right. Right. And my, and my like, alcohol. gin that I was drinking like every night. Like, are you kidding? No. But I have sprouts. It has, bread. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. I eat a thank you bread. And, and Greek yogurt. My cigarettes are organic. Yeah, no, for real. I was like, they're American cigarettes. <laughs> I was such an asshole. Oh, my God. Little oh, baby angel. Yeah, so that. And I first seen a tear because not only did it, was I um, shocked, but I was also relieved. Yeah. To have a diagnosis. Yeah. To be like, okay, because I knew that something was wrong, but I couldn't put it together. Right. right. So I called my parents. My dad came, brought me to the hospital. Um, I was brought in and they were like, yeah, you have diabetes. And I was like, whoa, like, what is it? Like it was nothing. Right. Just like, yeah, you have it. And like the nurse said that she took my blood sugar. My blood sugar was 400. So for anyone who doesn't know, yeah, a non-diabetic person's blood sugar is in me, I don't know, in the 80s or something. Um, if you are diabetic and it's like in a good range like 80 to 150 around there, right? And then anything above that, like especially way above that, it's just like not great for your bodies. You could probably so your imagine. was very high. was very high. And I remember that morning I had sprouted, because I was like running to this appointment. Mm-hmm. I made like a peanut butter and jelly, but it was like my organic peanut butter, my like organic jelly on my sprouted bread, mm-hmm. which I mean, that's a lot of... Um, not that sugar is bad, but sure. like for someone who de- doesn't have a work functioning pancreas, yeah, is not the best thing to like right. have in your system. Right. Like, right. Like, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah. and I know, uh, yeah, I'll never forget that whole mm-hmm. thing. But um, but when I met, finally met with a a doctor. This was so this was a school. This is a, a teaching, teaching college. Yeah. So she was like, "Well, you're too old to have type one to be diagnosed with type one. You probably have type two. Here, take some metformin by." And I was just like. Okay. I didn't know, like, what... I didn't know there were different types of diet. Like, I didn't right. know. It's not even just common among people oh, that yes. aren't... That don't have medical school training. Yes. That Because I've always heard that, like, oh, yeah, well, if you have it when you're a kid, it's type 1. If you have it when you're an adult, yes. it's type 2. Right. And it's probably because of your eating choices is the other message Ugh, that goes around. I know. And all that's bullshit. It's bullshit. It's such bullshit. So, she sent me home with this medicine that... Honestly, did nothing to me because that wasn't this is incorrect diagnosis. Yeah, incorrect diagnosis. And so I was like, okay. And so like, whatever. Took the medicine. The next day, this woman calls me and she was like, um, "You have to come in and get some insulin because you need to be on insulin." Like I was looking over your chart and so, like this is really. And I remember I was like, um, "I have to go to work. Can I come in later?" She's like, "No, <laughs> you're gonna die." <laughs> Like, you'll be in a coma if you don't come in and get in. So I was like, oh, you know. So she, and this woman, such an angel. She, like, she's a diabetic educator, saved my life, taught me how to give myself insulin shots, taught me how to, like, read nutrition labels for how much insulin to give myself, da-da-da-da-da, all these things. Um, And I remember for a couple weeks, I mean, you know, I'm – it took me, honestly, a couple of years to really grieve the fact that, okay, I have a chronic illness. Right. So that's a thing. And it's just like my life is just a little bit different than like mm-hmm. a typical person, mm-hmm. right? Have to be aware of things in like a different way, which is fine now. I'm very used to it. But um, also like having that near-death experience because they were like, 
you could be in a coma right now. Like, do you understand that? Because I had, like, I was having symptoms for about six months. Wow. And so who knows how long. Right. And what was going on and how long my blood sugar, like, all these things. Like, that was really scary. Yeah. And then also, like, I had this fear at the time. Oh, my God, I'm going to gain all this weight back. Mm. Like, and that was, like, equal to, oh, I could have died. Yes. And that is so sad. Yeah. That is so sad. Yeah. And so I, for about a year, worked very hard to try to maintain that same body, mm. um, which isn't sustainable because it was that was my sick body. Right. Yeah. Right. right. And going right. back to what we were saying before, I got so many compliments. The only one person, the only person that told me I did not look okay was my brother, mm. was my younger brother. We were very close. And everyone was just like, yeah, you look so, you look so good. I was dying. My body was eating wow. itself. Yeah. And that, I mean, it's just it bl- wild. It's just so sad. And if we, I mean, we can't say this enough. Yes. Don't compliment people. <laughs> on their bodies. On their bodies. Yeah. So I continued with that, um, continued yoga, all that stuff. Um, you know, kind of moved around. I, I lived in New York City for some time. I moved down to Nashville. I moved went to Thailand. Like I've kind of got, I went all over. I did my yoga teacher training and. Um, in India, um, and was slowly starting to like connect with my body in my own way. Were you still restricting? Um, yes and no. It was like, I slowly just started to get sick of it. And it wasn't really until, um, I met my husband Mm -hmm. and he's a meditation teacher. And when we first met, um, (laughs) he, so I sat down and I like, and I, even though at this point I had been teaching yoga for a few years, um, I did not have a meditation practice. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, okay, like I'd done it once or twice. Like I thought I did it like once or twice, but I didn't. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, so he's like, okay, I'd come to class and I would like go and I would sit. And every time we would sit in, in mindfulness meditation where again, you have an anchor, you have something that you're just kind of like being with what's happening. You're being present. Um, I would just get so angry. And I probably had all, and I found out later through therapy, that I had all this like repressed emotion, yeah. anger, yeah. that was all like the second I was still, which is like, you know, just yes. coming up. Yeah. So he suggested that I try Metta, loving kindness meditation, which is um, a style of meditation that basically there's five, what we call beneficiaries, mm-hmm. and a person that's easy to love, a neutral person, a person that's difficult to love, um, a yourself. And then all people and beings everywhere, right? So to each of these beneficiaries, we uh, we wish them peace. We 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 wish them like kindness, and then maybe like whatever other nice things you want to say. And some people say they have different words around it, but it's just kind of like. And what it does, we've learned now through neuroscience, is this kind of like this trains the brain to think more kindly towards ourselves, right? Yeah. The more we think something, the more that neuropathway gets stronger yes. and towards other people. You can literally change your thinking yes. patterns. Yes. Yeah. So it was my birthday, and I remember this. because I was week, like, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to do this 10 minutes, just 10 minutes a day mm-hmm. for one week. If I do not like it, then I will stop. So I kind of gave myself this little, this little yes. bargain with myself. Yeah. And then I got through the week, and there were some days that were easy. There were some days that were tricky and whatever, but I was like, in general... This was, I could see the benefits. Okay, let's go one more week. Okay, let's go one more week. And then it went a month. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I made it one month. Let's go one more Right? And so then it kind of go, and then it ended up adding up to a year. What I love about that so much is like, 
I think culturally, especially within diet culture, it's so goal set, like yes. it's so focused on goal setting and perfection. Um, and perfection. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. And one that, like you said, like the destination is not the point, mm-hmm. first of all. Mm-hmm. And then also it sort of discourages checking in yes, and saying like, oh wait, is this something that I'm getting anything out yes. of? Is this feeling good in my body? And so doing those... I think that that requires permission. Yes. Oh, yes. I mean, with anything. And yeah. we talked about this too. Is um, So, like, and then right after that, I started, I found intuitive eating yeah. and all these other things and have been practicing that for the past few years now. Yeah. Um, and then last summer, my husband and I, um, just on a trip, we had an experience with an animal and we had decided, hey, maybe we want to try being vegetarians. Just for like ethical reasons, right. whatever. Right. And I had a big fear around that because for me, one of my first, one of my many first diets that I did was being a vegetarian. Not with the intention for you kindness, for but a diet. <laughs> yeah, right. for to lose weight, right? Yeah. With the mask of it being like, I'm going to help animals, but like, let's be real. Bitch, we're just trying to like be skinny, right? So... <laughs> <laughs> So it was it was funny with us. We talked about it and we're like, okay, and I said, here's the thing. If at any point this does not feel okay for me, if it starts to feel too restrictive, I'm out. Yeah. You are welcome to do whatever you want to do and you can't like give me a hard time for that. Yeah. yeah. And he was great with it. He was like, okay, cool. Yeah. So bringing it back to yoga actually, so we have these ethical practices. We have yamas and niyamas, and the first yama is ahimsa, which means nonviolence. Okay. So a lot of yogis take that as being vegetarian or being vegan, right? To not hurt um, animals. Sure. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, and this is my old soapbox, right? <laughs> if it becomes harmful to us, yeah. then how is that even great point being benefit you know right so it's it's I always say that's like doing the least amount of harm because mm-hmm. also and I mean if you even really want to get real big on it right um there's really no ethical consumption in capitalism yep so even yep, if yep, you were yep. a pure vegan mm-hmm. migrant workers have been picking yep. their vegetables yes. and those people do not get breaks those yes. people I mean that's why the whole um yeah. romaine lettuce mm-hmm. e coli thing broke out because these people are working these conditions mm-hmm. and they don't get breaks. So it's like, well, what do you fucking expect? Where are right. they going to go to the bathroom? I know that's gross, but like, that's what happens. That's, like, that's yeah. what's happening. So it's like really, even like if you really want to do the least amount of harm, like the only way to do that is like grow your own vegetables in the back of your yard. Right. And that's also not sustainable for people too. So right. it's like, you know, it's like you, let's do the least amount of harm. Yes. 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 Right. And let's right. give people grace. So yeah. Oh, there was one other thing I wanted yeah. to mention about my husband. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> so he, he helped me through his amazingness be more okay with my body. And it wasn't even his like intention or awareness actually. Like recently after we had this conversation and we've been together for four years now, I told him this, and he was like, I didn't even realize I did that. So Aww. when we first when we first started dating, he would, and this, like, warms my little heart, whenever, <laughs> yeah, every single night, he would bake himself six chocolate chip cookies. Every single night. Those little, like, Toll House, you, like, you, yeah, know, you tear them apart. Just, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, like, every night, he would bake himself this. My little diet brain was, like, freaking the fuck out, <laughs> right? Because I was like, why well, can't fresh big at night? What? <laughs> you know, like, the whole thing, right? And so at first, like, and he, they were, oh, my God, it smells so good. And he had this, like, and he had this, like, whole perfect system where he, like, it was, like, six minutes or whatever. Like, he had this exact 
he had a sigh on my hands. He knew it. He knew it. He knew it. That's such like self-care oh. and self-love. Oh, oh my goodness. I love it so Make much. Make yourself some cookies. Some cookies. And so like after uh, like a couple weeks, I was like, okay, I'll have, he was like, he was always like, you want one? I'm like, no, 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 no. Okay. You know, whatever. Like just whatever. Mm-hmm. Like no, just like it's available, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And then one day I was like, okay, maybe I'll have one. And he was like, okay. And then I was just like, maybe I was like, okay, actually like maybe I'll have like two tonight. <laughs> <laughs> And just like, you know, just whatever. And as, and you know, my, and I started intuitive eating, my body started to change and I would have experiences with that. And he was just like, yeah, bodies fluctuate. And that, and like that, saying that was like someone just being like, it's fine. Someone who loved you, yes, cared about yes. you, and it ha- like it's knew inevitable. You. It yeah. just happens. Yeah. And he was like, my body fluctuates, everyone's body fluctuates. Just right. like, what happens? Right. It's okay. So good. Right. And like when, when the people we love say things like that and they give us that permission. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And yeah, to you're model, yes, you're to model yes. eating that way yes. without even using words or putting yeah. language around it. Just like, well, this is what I do. I yeah. eat normally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he does. So that yes. ties to, I want to, so we talk a lot about like not restricting. Yes. Or we will talk a lot about it. Yes. Um, but I really want to hold space for those people yeah. that have things like type one diabetes yes. or maybe an allergy to a food yeah. where they, they have to restrict certain things or, um, maybe restrict isn't the best mm. word for it. Um, it's like, uh, for, I can't really speak to folks who have, allergies. Um, allergies cause I don't have any allergies, right. but, um, for my experience with diabetes, it's, it's, um, increased awareness okay. more than anything. Cause for me, I don't feel restricted. Right, right. I do, like, you know, we had fucking cake earlier. Yeah. Like, I'll yeah. eat whatever I want to eat. Delicious. Yeah, delicious. So good. Um, you know, I'll eat whatever I want to eat, but it's not, but it's just like, um, I just have to have, like, there's just a little bit more math involved. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, okay, so, I mean, there's just not only the insulin, so not only is like, where's my blood sugar right now? Mm-hmm. Okay, what's the thing? You know, how many... The thing you're going to eat. That I'm going to eat. Like, how many grams of carbs or whatever. And also, I, like, don't count it super specifically. I just, like, in general. Right? Okay, so how much insulin do I... And then am I going to be sitting for the next couple hours or am I going to be walking around? Right. Because that's going to affect it, too. Yeah. What am I going to be doing late? Like, what's my mo- like what's my mobility plan for the rest of the day? Mm. Doesn't mean that I have to go run a mile, but it just means, like, knowing that. And sometimes, like, I'll have a meal with a friend and... Um, maybe my blood sugar is kind of a little higher than I had expected after the meal. I'll just be like, hey, could we just like go for a little walk or something? Sometimes it's just like that's all it takes just right. to like kind of move my body a little bit just to kind of get things pumping and that usually will bring it down a little bit. So, so was there yeah. a time when it did feel restricted yes. like in the early days no. and yes. all that? What was that experience? So, so um, we have a thing called an A1C, which basically means for like three <laughs> from like the uh I think it's about like three months that they take your blood and then they like test and there's a number involved with it and so for diabetics you know we want to be like less than a seven basically and this is about blood sugar yes about blood sugar okay yes so my a1c when i was diagnosed was a 14 and you, you want it to be around a seven okay so literally was off the charts i remember they like showed me a chart and like the chart went up to like a 12 <laughs> Oh. <laughs> like a 14, like you're literally off the charts, right? Right. So I got my A1C in about three months down to a 5.1. That's because I was a psycho. Because like, that's like a big yeah. difference. Like yes. that that doesn't sound like a big because the numbers right. are so close to but the algorithm. Yes. That's a huge it's difference. It's a huge difference. Another one of my friends who is a diabetic is, um, I think it's Jen. 
Jen yeah. Fleischer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Jen. Shout out. Says that like when you're a diet, when you are diagnosed with type one diabetes, they basically like give you an eating disorder. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, they're like count this. This is you know da, da. yeah and. It all depends on the diabetic educator. Again, a mm. shout out to Jed, who was my, one of my diabetic educators. Yeah. And um, was, like, super neutral and, like, awesome and, like, made me feel, like, okay about eating things. But I have had other ones that are, like, this is bad, this is good. Yeah. Right? Moralizing so, like, food. Yes. So that happens. Um, the diabetic educator I actually had at the time was more of a neutral one, and she was really sweet. But, like, my, like... Um, disordered brain was telling me that like, oh, here is something that you can like really do. So I was like, (laughs) I remember like going to birthday parties, I actually can't have cake. And then someone was like, well, you're a day. No, I'm a diabetic. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just like whatever. So like I was using validated. Yes. All of those thoughts and beliefs. Yes. So Mm -hmm. that, and then I was, and then I would hyper like, and then, so this was just another, because the time I was weighing myself and I needed, and I very like needed to be in the specific range and um and would have like freak outs if that wasn't happening mm. which is so sad and so also with with diabetes like you check your blood sugar and you want to be in a certain range right. right so if i would go above that range that would make me freak out thinking that i was being bad mm. quote unquote bad right yes. yes so that was really really tricky and so it was like just another like measuring tool yeah. for my worth Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And if I didn't, if it didn't, whatever. And I remember even one time, which I wear one now, they call it a a continuous glucose monitor. Um, At the time they, like when I was first diagnosed, they had me wear one to just to see, but it wasn't one that I could check. It was one that like the doctors would check just to see like where I'm spiking or where I'm going low, Mm -hmm. just so I could see. And I remember I was like such a, like, especially when I was wearing that, I would like, constantly check my blood sugar Mm -hmm. to make sure I was in range and I remember that night I was drinking with my friends someone had a calzone and I like had some bites of the calzone and I was like well I'm drinking so maybe I shouldn't take the insulin for it right because also alcohol lowers your blood sugar it's just like there's a whole thing to it also I wasn't like fully informed on all of that there's a lot of (laughs) there's a lot of nuances there but um ate that and then so they're like oh you had like a little spike there and I was like yeah and then like I was so upset about that because I was like oh I was bad and I shouldn't have eaten that thing and whatever so just like yes there was a lot it was like it really made me be really restrictive so was it the like the meditation the yoga practice the seeing your now husband the way he was around food helped you to find that balance or understand kind of how to let go of some of that that was like for me the last bit of like okay, this is okay. But I mean, I had been easing towards that in my own way where I was just like, I hate hating myself. Mm. You know, I was like, I hate. It's a lot of energy. It's so much energy. So much mental energy. Also, when I was diagnosed, um, so I was living in New York state. Um, I, like I had mentioned before, was not making a ton of money. So I wasn't a poor person. I was a broke person. And those things are very different. Yes, they are. So let's, yes. Do you want to say what other different? Yes. So a poor person is someone who um, maybe doesn't necessarily have a lot of resources. There's a lot of probably like institutional racism, other oppressing forces that make life extra difficult. A broke person is a person who has resources and privilege and doesn't like technically have money in their bank account. Right? Okay, right. so I was a broke person. Poor systematic. Yes, yes. Um, I was a broke person. 
I was not a poor person. And so at the time, even though I was not technically making money, um, I still had people that were helping me. Um, I mean, no one was like paying my bills or anything like that, but like, I would never, I would never feel like I would ever be hungry. I never had that fear yeah. ever. Um, so insulin's really expensive and, um, you have to take, so, so I take two different kinds of insulin, not all diabetics do, but I do. I take one that's like a long lasting insulin, take it once a day and it gives me like a little bit all day long. And then I take what's called like a short acting insulin, which is right before I eat something, I take it and that helps me. Then I can like process that food. So, um, when I was living in New York, I qualified for Medicaid. And so I took it, you know, I used it. Right. And on Medicaid, everything was free, which was great because I was literally making $200 a week. Right. right? So I was paying rent and then like my medication. In one of the most expensive places to live. Right. I was at this point, I wasn't in New York City. I was in Albany, New York, but it was still New York in general. general. Oh yes. Taxes, all that. I mean, it's just, yes. Yeah. So, and I was a student. So like all these things. So the fact that I could get on that, which was really helpful. Right. Um, since I've moved to Tennessee, I do not qualify for 10 care. Mm. Um, I also make obviously more money than, not obviously, I do make more money than $200 a week now. Thank you very much. Good. <laughs> yeah. 10 years later. You would hope so. Yes, you would hope so. Um, and um, insulin is expensive. And I, I'm, mm. I'm on, um, I, I, I'm lucky, lucky to be able to be on the ACA, the Affordable Care Act. Yes. There's a lot of yes. politics around that. Yes. Hopefully, these resources continue yeah. for folks who have pre-existing conditions. That's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a lot of privilege in the fact that being like a smaller person, when people hear that I have diabetes, I don't get this like stink eye. Right. They're just like, oh, mm-hmm. you know. They they probably just assume it's type one yeah. and you've had it since you were a kid. Yes. I would assume that that's their assumption. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where I um, I don't know because I haven't been in a much larger body, but I would assume that right. if I were, that that would be a different conversation. Yeah. Right. Whereas I have had people assume that I have diabetes. Same. And I don't. Same. <laughs> Woo! Yep. Yeah. I mean, that, it's true. It's wild. Yeah, it's, it's true. true. Sure. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah. 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 Yes. Okay. So that's all my, that's all my diabetes. I'm sure that there's more, but those are all... Those are the, the headliners of my yeah. diabetic chronic illness yeah. privilege. Being a, a white yoga teacher, yes. one of millions. <laughs> <laughs> one of millions. It's true. It's true. Oh, it is true. It's so true. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's privilege in a lot of ways. There's privilege in the way that um, it's like people are just like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll take from you. Mm-hmm. Right, without necessarily even knowing, what if I'm a shitty teacher? It's very possible. Yeah, yeah. you never know. Right. You know, taking a training alone, period, privilege. Yeah, um, like being able to teach regularly, privilege, mm-hmm. and living off of being a yoga teacher, huge privilege. Yeah, right. So a lot of folks will need to have multiple jobs. I mean, that's one of the reasons I became a massage therapist was because it's not sustainable for me. Sarah Jane. <laughs> Thank you so yes, much. Yes, Kendra. Oh my God. So great. I'm so glad. This is such an honor. It's such an honor to be here with you. We feel honored. Are yeah. you kidding? It's time for. 
for Let's Talk About Snacks, where we literally name the snacks that we're into right now to normalize non-restrictive eating. Let's talk about snacks, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the sweet things and the salty that we eat. Let's talk about snacks. Kendra, what yes. snacks are you into? Let me tell you about a revelation I had. Yeah. Like, not too long ago. Okay. About a cookie I've eaten my entire life. Mm. So everybody know what a no-bake cookie is? Sometimes they're referred to as preacher cookies. Do we want to know why they're referred to I do. as preacher I cookies? Do. Because in the old days of the 70s and 60s, I don't know, sure. a while back, when the preacher come over yeah. uh, and you had nothing to offer, you can make some no-bake cookies in like 10 minutes flat and then you'd have something. So they call them no-bakes, call them preacher cookies. Anyway. Cool. I grew up on preacher cookies. I love them so much. They're oats. They're cocoa, they're peanut butter, yeah. they're sugar, yeah. just a glob. It's just like the best. I mean, they're so good. But I went to Kroger to buy my ingredients once. Yes. And instead of getting the regular milk chocolate cocoa, I bought the dark chocolate cocoa. Oh. I will never go back. <laughs> I'm like evangelizing the world yes. about oh. dark chocolate oh. cocoa oh. in oh. your no-bake preacher cookies. I, I love that. It's a depth. Yes. It adds, it adds a, yes. it adds a richness. richness and yes. a class to them, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Very. It's <laughs> um, very high end. It's an elevated cookie. It's like a whale. Yes. yes. Um, anyway, that's what I'm here for. I love, I mean, I just can't even stress how much yeah. I love. I so, no if, you, if you make those, listeners, let us know. Yeah, and maybe, those. yeah. I mean, yeah. they're so good. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of variations in all, you know what I mean? Like, there's you could be like, you know what, I'm going to use almond butter. That's right. Yeah. I'm going to use cookie butter. That's right. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yes. it could be like, I'm going to add in raisins. Oh, just kidding. I'm going to add in chocolate chips. Oh, just kidding. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I feel like there's just like so many. Because basically it's just like a nut butter, oats, and then sugar, sugar. and butter. Chocolate, sugar, and butter. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Butter. Right? I just feel like the possibilities are like. Endless. I mean, you really could modify it a million different ways. Yeah. yeah. But the classic Pretzels. with dark chocolate, it's just like, yeah. I can't tell you how. Love that. Well, I want to talk about Taco Bell. Okay. I mean, yeah. Obviously. (laughs) But here's the thing. Who doesn't? Like, let's just, like, who doesn't want to talk about Taco Bell? Honestly, when people tell me that they don't like Taco Bell, I judge them. Have you had it? But have you tried it? (laughs) But have you tried it? Was the last time you had it when you were four? Right. Yeah, let's try it again. Because that meat-adjacent filling. (laughs) (laughs) So good. But let me tell you how I order it. So my my classic T-Bell order Mm -hmm. is chicken quesadilla. Extra sauce. Okay. That is the most important part. The sauce is so wait, unreal. I'm sorry. Tell me, tell me what the, like the hot sauce or like the sauce they put in in the dill. The, in the in the dilla. Okay. <laughs> oh wow. Sorry, everybody. It's like a the creamy dilla. jalapeno. Sauce. I've never had this. <gasps> I don't know. I've always been like a burrito gal. You know what I mean? Okay. So well, it's like, that's where we're going next. Okay. <laughs> I understand. Um. So you get that, and you ask yeah. for extra sauce. It's maybe like ten cents extra. I love a sauce just in general. Also, like they don't really have to charge you. I agree, Sarah like, Jane. <laughs> like, come on, guys. But I guess so if they're going to charge you something, like 10 cents. Ten cents okay. Right, it's fine. That's like what they do it's charge fine. more for. This yeah. bothers me. So I also get a bean burrito. Yeah. Sour cream added. Yes. That's 60 cents. Okay. Let's just sour right. cream. <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> I mean, we're not talking about, about guacamole yeah. here. Like, did you milk the cow? I know you didn't. Well, I know you meant like a container of sour cream for like That says Daisy on it. Exactly. Exactly. But that's not the only thing. You also ask for a chipotle sauce added. Now, that might be another 60 cents. 
worth it. Yeah. <laughs> You're a pro. I'm, thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That's kind of what you ever received? Oh my God. My husband's going to be so jealous. Honestly, like if I go to a restaurant and the server is like, oh, good order. I take that in so deeply. I'm like, like, thank you. Wow. Thank you. I'm sure they do it all the time for tips. I don't think that's always true. You know, like when someone's like, can I have a turkey burger? Like on a salad. You're like, I guess. (laughs) If you want to pay us for that. Yeah. 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 Um, I will say that they don't give that compliment up freely because I don't think I've ever received that compliment. Yeah, I probably do order poorly, but get a sauce. Add a sauce, and they might add a sauce, and then they might come around. Yeah, good sauce. Tell us what you're on to, Sarah Jane. So it's so funny. So I was very blessed to experience a a nice spread once I arrived here, (laughs) and uh, thank you. I was reintroduced to my good old friend Cookie Butter. Yeah, forgot about him, her, it, they. Yes. And so happy that we were re- reintroduced. Yes. yes. That, so thank you for that. You're welcome. Also, another um, snack that has recently re-entered my life. I'm, I'm actually, we were just talking about Mercury Retrograde. Yeah. How it just ended. So yes. I wonder if this is why. Um, Cheez-Its. <gasps> we, guys, love cheese you, we love guys. cheese We love cheese But wait, wait, wait. What kind? This yeah. is important. Red. Yep. Thank Classic. you. Classic. I don't even know. This Parmesan, like, shit. I'm, I'm so sorry if I'm offending anyone. No. But they, like, no they, they, but, like, because I try, I was like, you know what? This happened maybe a couple weeks ago. I was like, first I was like, I was just at the grocery store. They had a display. They got me with it. And I was yep. like, I got cheese. I forgot about cheese. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. They the didn't forget about you. <laughs> no, no. no, they didn't. <laughs> box was gone. I mean, between me and my husband, the box was gone in like two oh, days, whatever. Yeah. Now I only get the family size, but I yes. then, <laughs> like, let's be honest. I get like angry with. I actually like threw an empty box because he put. He does the thing where you know what I mean. You take the they yes. of the plastic. Yeah. There's like two cheeses left. I like threw the box and I was like, what is that shit? And he was like, what? And I was oh like, this God. is inappropriate. I'm, I'm pregnant. Cheese Audience, I'm pregnant. Yes. <laughs> Audience. Audience. Inappropriate. Audience. Please and respect listeners. pregnant yes. women. No. And don't and leave when I cheese have a in a bag. snack hankering. Yeah. Better it better back. be there. It better be there. It better. It's time for our fat-friendly Hall of Fame, where we exalt and induct the people that have modeled self-compassion and fat liberation. Today's inductees are Roxanne Gay, Kelly Clarkson, Erica Hart, and our guest, Sarah Jane Chapman. These are the people we've been waiting for. We are the people we've been waiting for. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You can find more information about Sarah Jane at sarahjanechapman.com. That's Sarah with an H in the, on the end. Um, on that website, you can find her recorded meditations, including a meta meditation, which I highly recommend. Um, she also teaches a donation class at Wild Heart Meditation Center. That's a yoga class on Thursdays at 10 a.m. Sarah Jane is also leading a trauma-sensitive yoga workshop with trauma therapist Lizzie Harrigan from June 7th through the 9th in Nashville, Tennessee, and you can contact her on her website for details. And be sure to listen to our next episode, which will be out on June 7th. 
We interview Robin Henderson Espinoza, and we talk a lot about being trans and fat. It's a great episode. We learned so much. So much. Yeah. Megan? Yeah. Tell me your secret weapon. Ooh, okay. My secret weapon is that pretty much every dog likes me. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Thanks. What about you? Oh, mine is that I'm really good at sending anonymous gifts to people. Oh, send me one. But then it wouldn't be anonymous. True. You got me there. Maybe I've already sent one and you don't know that I'm the one who sent it. Okay. I like you it. I don't know. You want to know what podcasting's secret weapon is? Tell me. It is rating and reviewing mm-hmm. our podcast. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you feel so inclined, please go to iTunes and subscribe. You can rate us, give us give us a good old five stars if you if you like what you're hearing. And then scroll down towards the bottom and you can leave a review. It doesn't have to be intense unless you want it to be intense. It can be a very quick thing, but that helps us so much and helps get our podcast out there for more people to be able to listen and take down diet culture with us. Bye. Bye.